The Super Bowl is here, but we've got one more very important award show to come up. It's not the Grammys, and the Oscars got postponed. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth annual Run Up the Score Fantasy Football Award Show. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott Yo. and Tom. Hey, 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 everybody. Sorry. I have myself muted. It's I have all a good. Cough. I have a cough. Mm. Playing through it like Jordan did. Way to go, Tom. <laughs> Proud of you. Yeah. Uh, At least I got especially the because away already. One minute and 20 of course. seconds in or less. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Let's see if you go back to it. You normally screw it up once, but then after that, you're, you're pretty good. So you're right. It's nice to get it out of the way because we got a big one ahead of us. Much like Jordan could not miss an NBA Finals game with the flu, Tom will not miss one of our favorite episodes collectively of this podcast every season. The Fantasy Football Awards. We will oh, be yeah. giving awards away like Zombie of the Year. We will be giving awards away like next year's Aladdin <laughs> Fantasy Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Those make no sense. Fantasy yeah, football ones that actually make sense. Well, there you go. <laughs> They're like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, yeah. Uh, best nickname is always a favorite of ours, too. Although oh. I think this year, actually, Tom's is really good. Tom's we'll, is we'll, quite we'll, good. Well, well, should we start off with that one, maybe? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, cool. Yeah. Let me... We're saving MVP and Rookie of the Year for the last two. Okay. Other than that, we've got no, uh, we've got no order. So if you guys want to go to a specific one next, let let us know. I'm going to nickname. That was the stupidest nickname I've ever heard. I think you wish you thought of it. All right, you got me. That's an awesome nickname. <laughs> what a what a drop. <laughs> What a trough. One of the most underrated parts of that Ricky Bobby movie, man. I love Ricky Bobby. Um, the first time I saw that in theaters was the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie in my life. I was I there. I can confirm. <laughs> that was the whole. He was laughing harder than the entire theater combined. It was amazing. And it makes you laugh is. harder, though, you know? Yeah. To, yes. The, to have the wherewithal that, to know that you're being a weirdo. I saw this is a total thing. I just embraced it. <laughs> I saw Forgetting Sarah Marshall with my high school girlfriend and one other couple in the theater, and that's it. And, um, you know, when he's naked in the beginning, I just yeah. not stop laughing. And the other people were not laughing at all, which made me intolerable, I, inconsolable, really. I couldn't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had that story because that's what exactly a memory. how I was in Ricky what Bobby, a memory. but with much more people there. All um, right, I'm going with my nickname for this year is uh, is Thick Boy Ronald Jones. Yeah. Um, what for some reason, like early in the season, I heard like a couple different announcers be like, "Oh, he's he really is a thick man, that Ronald Jones. He, <laughs> he's got a thick build." And I was like, "Damn, they just want to come out and just call this guy Thick Boy Ronald Jones." So you know what? I'll be that guy. I'll call him that. T-H-I-C-C, thick boy, Ronald Jones. I mean, you sold it. I mean, it was, and you really, this is like, there's so much going on about like manifestation, like just manifesting positive results in your life. Like you did that for Ronald Jones. You gave <laughs> Ronald Jones, you manifested him this nickname throughout the entire season. And one of the best parts about this one, in my opinion, is that it's been there the entire season. Like it wasn't something that we came up with in the middle of the year and all of yeah. a sudden we just like, stepped into it like i did with uzoma so fat like it was really like 
the first episode. Man, Uzoma was, was a great like, one. Oh God, Uzoma was the best. What I'd give to go back. I do. Think he uh, he had a he had a shot. I do. But think then he blew his Achilles. Got <laughs> is Thick Boy Ronald more than anything because we didn't give him the full moniker. We didn't go Thick Boy Ronald Jones that often. It was Thick you're Boy right. Ronald. I, you're right. I put Ronald Jones on the on the dock, but it's really you're right. It's Thick Boy Ronald because he's the only Ronald three. Really, I was about movie. to say he's really, which is another reason why I wanted. You know, exactly. it's, I like that it's part of the nickname. You don't yeah. want to bury Ronald. You want to end on no, that. No, unique <laughs> choice to go. Ronald. Absolutely. All right, I, Tom. Uh, speaking of a unique choice, <laughs> let's talk about your nickname. Don't right here. blow this one. Make sure you get the pronunciation right. <laughs> well, I spelled it right on the doc. There's no doubt about yes, it. Yes, you did. Um, I think it would work well as a good team name, which is why I've pluralized it. And if you didn't listen to every single episode, this one could take you by surprise because he was not really an every episode guy. No, no, but he made his rounds every week, guy. <laughs> but he was fantasy relevant this year, so he he counts and. Uh, that's Tim Patrickle Jokers. <laughs> Good of, job, Tom. This was a spur of the moment nickname the that Tom Broncos. that Tom got on us this year, and from that moment, like it was like okay, like he's never anything else. But Tim Patrick or Joker's. This is my favorite one for sure. (laughs) This is such a good one. (laughs) Just dumb enough, you know, it's right on that line Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. You got to just hope that he'll be good enough to headline a team, a fantasy team someday. Because that we got that one in our back pocket ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. I hope he stays relevant. Tim Patrick just kind of using this as an excuse to reminisce on the entire season. One of those guys who just kept popping up on the radar because he'd have these random two touchdown games or eight or nine catch games on yeah. 10 targets. And it's just like, yeah, Tim Patrick's not going away. Yeah. And Cortland Sutton will be back just this year. Like be interesting pa- for just Tim like Patrick. in Patrick. Or, <laughs> I can't even in say that. Yeah, in pa- <laughs> Impractical <laughs> Jokers isn't going away either. I think it's on yeah. like season 100 now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a funny show. Yeah. I could but, go another tangent if you want. I, one time I ran into one of those guys in Las Vegas. <laughs> Were they filming? No, he was just walking and I was drunk out of my mind, like really, really <laughs> drunk. And I recognized him and I go like, are you a comedian? Because I, I couldn't put it together. And he's like, kind right. of, you know, like, he's like <laughs> playing along a little bit. And then it, it came to me when he, I probably when he spoke, you know, and yeah. Uh, and I asked him if it was fake, first thing, because I don't. Really <laughs> it. And he said, "No, it's not." And you know, I don't know if I totally. It sounds like it. something he'd say. Yeah, but then I asked him if he could take a picture, and I pulled out my phone, and it was shattered, and it wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the Tim Patrick old joke was on him. That's right. You got him, Tom. This is going to be a Tommy Tangents episode. <laughs> yeah, that's tell. good. I'm ready for one of those. It's also an episode full of references to pop culture, as I love so dearly, and a pop culture reference that swept the nation, really, uh, this summer and ended up being one of my favorite nicknames I've ever given anyone on the show. That bitch, Miles Gaskin. <laughs> I don't know what's going to make him stop, but I'm in for the fight of my life, people. This is my land, and you are not going to take it from me, Miles Gaskin. <laughs> you're a... Uh... Your Joe Where's exotic. the bones, Carol? <laughs> Your Joe Exotic impression has gotten a minorly better. Thank you. From the beginning of the Thank year. Thank you very much. Um, hopefully, Miles Gaskin sticks around so you can keep hammering that one home. I mean, hopefully, Miles Gaskin sticks around because he was a 
phenomenal running back for fantasy purposes yeah, he was great uh, in the middle of the year then got hurt came back had an unbelievable week 15 yeah don't bury the lead don i've got him nominated later on oh okay hey there is hey no time like the present tom yeah let's do it well we're moving to the next award i must find this one this diamond in the rough next year's aladdin We'll roll right into Tom's nomination. He's got... Explain this one first, please. bitch, Miles. Uh, so this is the diamond in the rough. This is a guy who we think you're going to be able to pluck in the later rounds of your drafts next year and could really serve with some big upside uh, going forward. So, Tom, yeah, that bitch, Miles Gaskin. I think Miles Gaskin, um, he's a bit of a cheat because I don't know exactly what his ADP will be like. But of running backs, you know, you can kind of assume that he's not going to be in that first, second, third, maybe even he might wind up in like that fourth cluster of running backs in, in draft position. Yeah. And so I think it's worth looking at his body of work. And Don, you brought it up. I mean, he left, but he came back and he was, he was dominant. Uh, he was a true RB one when he played and for that price, you know, and for this diamond in the rough atmosphere of the question, I think he's a perfect running back choice. And I tried to shake up the positions a little bit because I was last to the dock. But I truly do believe that Miles Gaskin is worthy of your vote in this case. Yeah, I had a hard time trying to find a uh, a running back for this one as well. And I did look. And I did think about Gaskin as well. Uh, it will be interesting to see if Miami goes into the offseason with allowing him to just be their feature back. Hopefully they make a trade that incurs a lot of cap space, like maybe if they went and got Deshaun Watson, mm -hmm. would make them not maybe want to make a move at running back, save it and save their money and use what they have with Gaskin, which I think would be would be great even if it was to a quarterback or whomever yeah. they play. He was awesome last year. He was awesome, and he was awesome out of the backfield catching the ball as well, which is obviously something that in the running back position outside of Derrick Henry, who's just a different breed of animal altogether. Yeah. Like you got to be able to catch passes if you're going to finish in the upper echelon. You got to catch passes or run for two thousand. Exactly, and <laughs> there's only one guy capable of running for two thousand at this point. Yeah, we've seen. it, look, it so, looks like we'll see. All right, Scott, you want to go next or yeah, should I go? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going with Lavisca Chenault. Um, was this in part just to be able to say his name one more time before season four ends? Well, of course, of course it was. But um, I think you'd be surprised with how he ended the season as well. Uh, he finishes the year. Uh, averaging five yards per carry, only got 18 carries, 58 catches, 600 yards, and five touchdowns. Nothing really to blow the top off, but he did show uh, flashes, especially in the stretch run of last year, right? Um, from weeks 12 to 17, I got I got to use week 17 here just so I could paint the picture a little better. He was wide receiver at 23, and in week 17, he had nine catches, 68 yards, and two touchdowns. Mm. And that was with Mike Glennon as quarterback. Doug Marone as their head coach in a team that was begging to lose games. They wanted to lose every game, right? So now going into next year, sometimes these rookie receivers just take a little time to figure it out. And he did at the towards the end of the last season. Now you add in Trevor Lawrence and you add in a coach like Urban Meyer who loves those hybrid type wide receiver running backs. You think back to Percy Harvin and all those guys Curtis like Samuel. Braxton Miller and Curtis Samuel, all those guys at Ohio State that were very effective in that role. That's the kind of player that LaVisca Chenault is. So he he showed it at the end of last year. He's building momentum, and I'm very interested in him next year. And you got either Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence throwing to the guy. I mean, it's going to be a completely different looking Jaguars exactly. offense next year. They might finally kick the uh, – kick out D.D. Westbrook and give up on him. I think it he's a free like agent. It. Yep. Uh, Keelan Cole 
had some interesting plays, didn't really do too much. And Chenault really became the number two wide receiver across from DJ Chark towards the end of the season. I don't see any reason why that would change going into next year. I'm also going with a second-year guy, a second-year wide receiver on a team that's likely to have a new quarterback uh, coming in this offseason. I got Darnell Mooney. And this guy, we talked about this through hell or high water. The Bears were trying to get Darnell Mooney involved in this offense uh, You know, throughout all different parts of the season. They did it. And you know, I just think that that's going to bode well. We don't know if Allen Robinson's going to be with Chicago next year. We don't know who's going to be quarterback, but you got to imagine they're going to look for the best passer they can find, especially after the pitch experiment kind of really burned out. I don't think Allen Robinson's going to be there. I don't think so either. And And it sets up an opportunity for if they don't go receiver in the draft or they don't try to sign, you know, Somebody, although someone going there could help him. Mm-hmm. Darnell Mooney could be the number one wide receiver in exactly. this offense yeah, he's, pretty quickly. Yeah, and similar to LaVisca Chenault, too, because, you know, who knows what's going to go on with DJ Shark. He was awful this year. I mean, he he had some good games, but the, the team was just such a dumpster yeah, fire. So, and so was so the Bears' offense for a long stretch of the season. Right. You, so, you know, gone take too, out right? – Jimmy Graham's gone. Because interesting thing here, I just did a quick little search. Uh, Anthony Miller, 5'11", Darnell Mooney, 5'11". My suspicion was they're not very big, which is correct. Uh, Cole came in right. six foot six. Got to imagine hmm. uh, he'd get some red zone looks if you leave Allen Robinson out of the picture. And uh, he's yeah. own big so man. Maybe put him in the... Uh, I was going to say, Tom adding a last-minute addition to the diamond. You know you know, Tom's got to scrape the barrel for a tight end for us. And I think he just found his guy. Yeah. All righty. We move on. Let's go with an old classic of ours. Let's talk about the loser of the year. Oh, man. Yeah. I, was, I don't have that one. Say, Here it is. That was... Uh, I'll, I'll quiet down. I look around at us. You know what I see? Losers. Always fun to talk about the losers. We obviously talk about the losers of the week to begin every recap episode. I had to bounce file. Sorry about that one. Oh, it's fine. Uh, We're going to do Waiver Wire Hero next, so if you want to stay where you're at, it might make it easier for you. Thank you. Uh, But in the meantime, Tom, (laughs) without true to brand, as always, Tom's got a kicker. As his loser of the year. Tom, let's talk about it. Nice. Tom, always ready to throw shade on a kicker. Yeah. I mean, I remember a certain NFL, you know, talking head. You know, they get them on TV and they have them talk about fantasy football sometimes. They don't really know what the hell they're talking about. And this was probably five years ago or whatever when Goskowski three-peated as the kicker one. And they're like, you know what? I'm taking him in the sixth round this year. I don't care. You know, unbelievable. And I think the, the that year turns out to be after the three peat, he goes to thirteen. So unlucky for that guy. Uh, next year, two. So you you kind of think this is still elite company for him. He had two finishes as number two and one as number one. Even before that, he played almost a full season this year, fifteen games. He finished as kicker twenty, which is yikes, almost twice as bad as he has ever done before. Um, especially in terms of raw points. So Goskowski barely made over 100 points this year. When you math that out, it's not a very good year. He was brutal. He had misses, and he probably did even worse because I'm not even sure which format I'm really looking at here. Oh, actually, that format does 
penalize for a miss. So if you penalize for a miss, he went I mean, to zero. Yeah, and it's and like you said, it wasn't for lack of opportunity. You know, the Titans no, moved the, the Titans. ball, and uh, the they, they score points for sure. Yeah, yeah and, they have to kick all the time too. And the crazy thing was, for a while, he hadn't missed a kick over 50 yards, but had missed five under 40. It was so <laughs> confounding what was going on with him. He cost the Lions or he cost the Titans games, and you know they were playing for their for their playoff lives in week 17. They likely would have wouldn't have had anything to play for if they had a better kicker on their team than Steven Goskowski. As soon as I saw this Tom, I completely agreed with him. He it. lost in the pick. Steelers game. And he lost in the Steelers game. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, all righty, I'll move on cuz my guy still plays for the Saints and this is a perennial this is a guy that we thought was going to turn into a perennial first round pick this and now lock. the shadow of doubt is cast very darkly You're winning onto this Michael one. Thomas. You're winning this one. This was an unbelievably bad year for a lot of different reasons. First, there was the ankle injury that took him out of week one. He comes back, re-injures it. But before that, he got in a fight with the cornerback that is only on the Saints to who fight. start fights, yes. <laughs> C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And I mean, he so he lost game checks. He lost the respect of his teammates, his coach. He lost a lot of clout it looks like you know he was he's no longer in the best wide receiver in the league conversations that people are having it's Devontae adams it's Cyrie kill deandre hopkins another guy that scott will bring up later yeah, uh, now they're just calling him slant boy i mean carl he he also yeah he lost he lost can't guard mike like now and now perhaps forever more now it's, it's slant boy. you might be able to guard mike <laughs> yeah now it's like cover the slant we'll mike. see though i think he battled a lot of injuries this year. Yeah. he's obviously a loser because of of where he went and uh you know just the the weirdness surrounding his entire season it's not mm-hmm. like he tore his acl like saquon did he had this lingering injury and then he had these lingering off-field issues that gave this cloud about is this guy gonna play you you didn't know every single week mm-hmm. and even when he played i don't even know if he scored a touchdown he did not during score the a touchdown season. in the regular season unbelievable so think of a guy who scored this year that person had more touchdowns than michael thomas yeah, even my loser of the year had more touchdowns than Michael Thomas. Uh, it's Mark Ingram. This is a player who I was obsessed with going into the 2019. I couldn't get him in enough leagues. Unfortunately, I didn't get him in as many as I wanted to. But he rewarded that love with an RB8 finish last year. This year, he comes in at RB75. He had two double-digit games in half PPR he had an ADP within the top 50 picks, oh and he finished his RB 75. Obviously, he got hurt uh, along the way a little bit. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, both were very effective, and, and Ingram just really wasn't. And it leads to him being cut literally the day after the Ravens season end. They're like, oh, season's over? What should we do? Cut Mark Ingram. Like That was the yeah. first thing they did uh, from big trust to no trust. Mark Ingram, loser of the year. It's it's tough because he was like he was a healthy scratch too for like the last three weeks of the regular season and both of them. No, I, I think it was just week seventeen in the playoff games. Oh, okay, yeah, but okay. but still, even still, like he was a, a not what you want out of your fifth round pick. He was a healthy scratch in the team's most important games of the season and then was cut immediately. Yeah, so I mean, I mean I, I'm hoping the best scratch in many cases. I mean, like yep, snap. There were a couple of games he didn't have a touch. Even, yeah, he had two games under a 10% uh, snap share, 
and uh, one game was two percent. Oh, that's that's good for milk, not for was, football. Damn it, you beat me to it, Scott. Way to go! All righty. Oh, milk jokes. You could play whole. <laughs> well, you know, maybe he's got cut because he couldn't find the hole. Nice milk. <laughs> Waiver wire hero of the year is up next. This is somebody who was likely not drafted but became an every week starter for you. We're going to save Scott for last because he's going to win. Um, I'm going to go with, I'll go first on this one. We're renaming this award after this year. I, uh, yeah, that's also why you're going last. I, I don't know. I'm who, going with Mike. I don't know if Scott's choice is truly a waiver wire guy. Well, there will be that's, debate. That's the debate, Tom. <laughs> and we always pick one of these in this award every year. Yeah, it's fun to have the conversation. I, I remember the first year we did it, the, the debate was about Alvin Kamara. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but either way, my guy definitely was not drafted, became a top 12 running back on the year in any format, and actually was a little better in full point PBR, Mike Davis. Now, hopefully you, when you pick this guy, hopefully you pick this guy up after Christian McCaffrey got hurt week two. He got peppered with targets. He, got, he continued to be peppered with targets through the beginning of the year and just kind of was one of those guys who accumulated yards yep. or had a mid-range yardage and scored a touchdown. around long enough. And Christian McCaffrey, you know, he was loser of the year nominee, but I think it was just poor team management. It was uh, It's absurd that they never put him on IR for the ankle injury that he missed eight weeks for. Yeah. And then he hurt his quad. They never put him on. And they were just teasing, teasing, teasing. But in the meantime, all you had to do was hold on to Mike Davis. And by Thursday or Friday of every week, you knew that your RB1 was starting. And all you needed to do was spend likely all or most of your fab dollars had, on him. And you had an RB1. I had a league. Obviously, it happened so early. I had a league where like, I think I started 0-2. So I had the lowest waiver claim. So I got Mike Davis on a team that had some good running backs. And I was sitting there like almost every week, right? The news about McCaffrey. Yep. Like, this is it. I'm cutting Mike Davis after this week. And I'd hold on one week longer, one week longer, <laughs> one week longer. Next thing you know, it's week 16. You're like, should I start Mike Davis? In the you know, in the, I didn't make the championship. But it was like the third place game. Am like, I really going to do this? Yeah. It's just, he just hung around forever. For sure. For sure. Uh, a very interesting and a very fun year for Mike Davis, for sure. Tom, hey. your pick. As it, I feel like it almost always is for you, is the reason why you don't draft quarterback early in fantasy football. Let's hear your fantasy waiver wire hero of the year. Yeah, and Don, you couldn't be more right. That is the compelling reason here. Uh, and even though I was happy that Tyrod Taylor or Torod Taylor was the starter in Los Angeles for the Chargers, and you know I was excited to pick him in the very last rounds. Um, we talked about handcuffs with Mike Davis. Maybe you had Tyrod Taylor. Maybe you listened to us, and maybe you just like rushing quarterbacks like I do. And so you were in a hole, and when he couldn't play, you picked up Justin Herbert. Maybe you were confident enough to start him that first game. Maybe not. But if you picked him up, if you got him on the waiver wire after that first game, he was an absolute waiver wire hero. He became a no-doubt start at the position because he would throw for a million, throw touchdowns, yep. and rush, and rush touchdowns himself. So a little... Uh, owed to Tyrod Taylor there in and of itself. He couldn't move like him, but he's a young spring chicken. And Justin Herbert is a, is a quarterback name to to be looked out for. I mean, he's, he, you could convince me that he's a top five option. You might, you would take some prodding, but I would definitely mm -hmm. see the point that he's a top 10 option. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. 
I'll be uh, those those uh, overarching stats that you laid out. I'll be digging into those in a little more detail later in the episode because he he's my nominee for a different award because of the great season he had and like you said, um, because of how you were able to acquire him. Yeah, and that's why James Robinson is the absolute no doubt waiver wire hero of the year. Uh, he was running back four and half PPR. I missed week 16 and obviously um, he was a complete unknown at the end of our fantasy football draft season. He was a complete unknown at the end of the NFL draft as he went undrafted and had maybe the best season of an undrafted football player ever. Uh, The debate here as Tom was, was bringing up earlier is that technically depending on how your league was set up, James Robinson never actually went to waivers. He went undrafted and was automatically a free agent ready to pick up. And he created a window for you where you dropped your kicker in my (laughs) case and added the RB four at the beginning of the season. When this guy was out on my other teams that had still advanced, it didn't matter. I had guys to fill in for him because I got him for free off of the waiver. I didn't even have to use a claim in a lot of cases. And some of them I think I had to, and I got lucky and was able to get him. But it was just an unbelievable position that you could put yourself in to get a guy who had 1,070 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, uh, 49 catches, 344 yards, another three touchdowns. So he gave you 1,300 yards, 50 catches, and 10 touchdowns. Uh, for free. What a year. For free. Yeah. What a year he had. Unbelievable. He compared this to Alvin Kamara in the lead up, and it, it really goes to the point of a strategy that you know most of us here like to do. I won't say Don does it all the time because he does have an affinity for some kickers, and if he gets them, I he's do. probably not going to cut them, right? But you know, cutting that kicker in the beginning of the year or just not drafting one and taking this long shot on somebody, in just a few years, we've come up with Alvin Kamara and James Robinson. Like right. what more, what more do you need? What did you need? Why did you lose this year? Did you not have a good running back? Probably. That's a pretty <laughs> yep. good reason. Yeah. Right. So, uh, not I, my team. We had James Robinson <laughs> yeah, for those years. Oh no. I just had Alvin Kamara who scored pretty right. much every time he touched the ball that year. And I didn't even have to use a, like a second round draft pick on him. I still had my second round draft pick that I also got to start along with this freebie ad. Yeah, and then I dropped someone that I drafted in the 13th round instead of a Right. <laughs> I had to cut Alan Lazard. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> Alan Lazard is almost the bad example because like he was kind of pretty good and he's like a long shot guy that I would I would right. encourage you to cut a kicker for. It's almost like, oh, I had to cut, you know, and I hate to I don't know why he comes to Sterling mind. Shepherd. Sterling Shepard's a good one because I was about to slander Marvin Jones for no good reason. Jesus Christ, Tom. On the award show? On the holiest of days? It would have been fine to cut Marvin Jones this year, all things considered. Yeah, especially early on. He was so bad. And you would have got him back for free when he went scorching hot. Yep. Exactly. All right. Yeah. You drop a lot of people that you draft. That's the overarching point. That is true. All righty. From heroes to zombies. But this award has been renamed to the Devontae Parker Award. All right. Uh, Scott, you were the one who demanded that this become the Devontae Parker Award. Care to go first? 
That's right. I'm just scrolling down to my notes. This had to be. Uh, Devontae Parker was so good last year. I will never forget the season that he gave us. I'm and uh, I'm so happy. Wide receiver seven. Yeah, I still think about it too, Tom. I think about those games where I remember at the beginning of the year just being like, guys, Devontae Parker is unowned in like 50% of the leagues. And the dude gets 50 receiving yards every single week. Like you have to get him. And then he just took off. And then he was getting 100 and scoring every week. Yeah, my my nominee this year pales in comparison to, to to the namesake of the award. But I think it has to be Rob Gronkowski, if not for the sheer fact that we get Rob Gronkowski back in the NFL. We get Gronk spikes out there, and you get to put Gronkowski in your lineup, who honestly, by his standards, had a pretty bad season. But overall, on tight end standard, he finished as tight end seven. He had games of complete disappearance. He had games of dominance. That's really the tight end position for you in a nutshell. I hope he's he decides to play again. We'll see what happens. You might just retire well, after this year. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, and even even so, you know, it's not like he was reliable by any stretch of the imagine, imagination. Has by the end of the year, he caught a pass in the playoffs yet? I don't think so. I think he caught one. That one screen the game against the Packers. That one little screen. Yeah. So it's like he can't really be trusted. I'm just. I, I, the NFL is better when Gronk's in the NFL. Yes. He's my zombie. And it's way more fun when he's playing well. Could could not agree with you there uh, more. I'm going with another guy who was a, a stud back in 2016, uh, David Johnson. Now, listen, it's not his fault that Bill O'Brien lost his mind and pushed this, the send the nukes button to send Nuke Hopkins <laughs> to Arizona for David Johnson in a second-round pick. But – he did just fine. We talked about it last week. He was RB25, only missed one game, was really starting to be used well in the passing game. I'm never going to be able to quit David Johnson. I never will either because I, we had a share of him the year he went nuts. Yep. And But even still, like the Texans are either going to be starting a really frustrated Deshaun Watson or somebody else, likely a rookie, next year at quarterback. They're going to need Darnold. David Johnson – he may end up getting a ton more touches next They're year. They're starting Sam Darnold next year. And Jets okay. getting Watson, okay. baby. Fine. <laughs> I, I, I hope they do. Let me dream. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, when we send in the order for the jersey for the winner of the Super Bowl prop bet pool, we'll have, you know, Deshaun Watson Jets jerseys in tow for Scott and Tom. Hopefully. But either way, uh, I think David Johnson figures to be a large part of the Texans' backfield. They've got him for another, I believe it's two years under contract. He should be prominently featured they got a lot of money invested in him and he might as well give him the ball and he started to look very good especially late in the year there was a game i remember tom just going nuts about it he had 11 catches i think it was week 16 i mean it was a huge week for it was a huge huge comeback year for him and one that i quite frankly did not expect speaking of running back seasons that we didn't expect though tom found the best one um i don't know i think the competition was a little low this year for zombie of the year to be honest it's tough year to come back from the dead and I, and when I like everyone is pick. literally dying. I like my pick because you guys have picks where people died as well. Um, also, the famed David Johnson game, I believe week 15, 11 catches on 11 targets, which will 15. always make me go nuts. Um, mm-hmm. But Jarek McKinnon, a guy who was you know a fringe first-round pick, I can't even remember how many years ago, and has been on my IR oh. in Dynasty ever since. Um, <laughs> I cut him a long time ago. I give you credit for holding on to him. And you know what? I kept him, and it's a team where I'm loaded based on Christian McCaffrey. I've talked about it before, or whatever. But my RB two spot 
was worse or was not so great. And then so you you get on to this season and, you know, I've got Christian McCaffrey troubles and I'm out here starting Jarek McKinnon and the guys in my league, they weren't mad. They're literally like, I'm so happy that – <laughs> proud of you for holding on and that you're playing him like i can't even be mad and no one could be mad he scored touchdowns in his first four games and uh chips in for two more at other points in the season yes he had games with one rushing attempt or three rushing attempts but also he had games with 18 14 14 12 and targets galore with receptions and this guy he, he really did look pretty good um, it's the perfect offense for him, and it makes you think what could have been if you know he just stayed healthy. But this year, I think he wins the zombie for me, and uh, I'm I, I'm pretty confident actually in that choice. Yeah, that was a good one, Tom. Like you said, it was a tough year for for zombies. I feel like it's I feel almost like as if the lack year, of training camp yeah, had a hindrance I, on players I, coming back. I feel from like injury. last year, even Devontae Parker had like one of you guys gave him some competition. <laughs> Like it was actually a little closer than uh, than we expected. Yeah, uh, Cooper Cup was mine last year. I think that was probably the one that we were thinking of because he scored so many touchdowns and then scored two this year. Oh yeah, but oh yeah, because he came off torn ACL, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. All righty. Next up, one of our all time favorites, the hashtag Man Catch Monday of the year. You know who's a man? Me. I'm a man. Phenomenal drop that Tom uh, suggested that we use for this one. It is making and, uh, me laugh. I love that one. <laughs> and uh, I got to watch some Seinfeld. Tom, why don't you lead this one off? Yeah, I'd love to lead this one off. I've got a pretty uh, – oh, I forgot I changed mine. I've got a no-doubter here. I was going to yeah. actually go with Kyle Rudolph originally. I think that was one of my favorite catches of the year, that like back of the end zone just grabbed it out of nowhere. Uh, but I, yep. like I said, I was he does that every year though. I said I was third to the dock, you know, and, uh, you guys left open a, a huge hole for me and it's the Hale Murray, uh, DeAndre we gotta give you one. week 10 versus the bills. I mean, that's a gimme. What a catch, what a play. I don't have to describe it. Everyone knows it. And if I did the Kyle Rudolph one, I'd have to describe it in excruciating detail to even maybe make people remember it. So, uh, pretty confident in my choice here, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, save yeah, that voice, win the category, and get ready to argue some of your other picks. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm going to keep mine short too. Um, I'm actually going to stick in Minnesota, where Tom was was thinking about going with Kyle Rudolph, and it could have even happened in the same game. But Ceedee Lamb, Week 11 at Minnesota, uh, they throw him a back shoulder fade, and he has to make like this just in air twisting adjustment, snags it with one hand, sticks the landing for a touchdown. I know I'm going to lose to Tom in this one, but if that was the best catch of the year, then this one is 1A. It was an incredible display of skill. I'm excited for CeeDee Lamb. And that one, in that one, uh, it wasn't Kyle Rudolph that made an incredible one-handed catch for the Vikings in that game. It was Adam Thielen. Yeah. And I couldn't decide which one to do, and I was just like, I'm picking both of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and, and Tom, I want to just add one more, one more note on that Hail Murray catch. One of the best post-game tweets ever. In response to that, shit, I know Hopkins <laughs> yeah. is down there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Come on. Great. What a moment in yeah. NFL history. Uh, I'm going with a little bit of an off the beaten path, uh, kind of trying to rem- be reminiscent of when Tom picked that guy, Maurice Harris, who literally had like four catches on the entire season. <laughs> yes. And one of them was a diving one handed catch in the end zone. I'm going with Kenny Moore and Xavier Howard, two guys who made 
one-handed ridiculous catches to prevent touchdowns in the end zone. And they didn't just do it against like Tim Practical Jokers or anybody (laughs) like that. Like Xavier Howard's was in coverage of Tyree Kill and Kenny Moore was in coverage of Darren Waller. They are featured prominently on the Instagram at RutzFF. Like you can see that they just stole touchdowns from two of the best pass catchers in the NFL. And they happened on the same week. Just thought that was so cool. We love giving the defense some love, and we've never seen that happen where it was. And it wasn't even just that they happened the same week. They happened like five minutes apart from each other. Yeah, it was very cool. It was hysterical. Especially as uh, Xavier and Howard. I would argue that we're a Xavier and Howard stan podcast. Like we're one of... As a fantasy football podcast, we are collectively terrified of him and have been mm-hmm. for years. Now, oh, yeah. he might even actually win Defensive Player of the Year this year. Led the league in interceptions. Oh, no, I think Aaron Donald already won it. No, they don't vote until the – they do. we won't know until the night before the uh, Super Bowl. Oh. Where we will we not be watching. Right. Yeah. You hate award shows. This is our award show, baby. Yeah. Tom, do you hate award shows? Um, You know – yeah, I do, but I like them. Yeah. When I really back when I was really obsessed with Twitter, they were awesome because like Twitter used to just talk about the same things, you know. If everyone yeah. was talking about it, and so it would amplify that experience. But now Twitter is just so poisoned. It's like, you know, not to depress Ugh. anyone. Got to get off yeah. the grid, man. <laughs> But seriously, speaking of which, go to our uh, Twitter uh, at RutzFF <laughs> and uh, vote on all of these. We want to know what the fans think. We love. <laughs> That's not toxic. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying so to find the Maurice Harris. Oh, I found it. The Maurice Harris catch, <laughs> dude. It was insane. Yeah, it, it was, was awesome. It was year. Yeah, it really should have won. But he yeah. had no name power, and he didn't do anything after, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or before. All right, our next up. One of our favorites, another one of our personal awards that we like to give out. This is the Ruts QB of the Year, and we go through. We, you guys know, we go through the QB stream every week. It's my team. It's my quarterback. <laughs> it's my teammate. It's my quarterback. It's my quarterback. Uh, this is our favorite quarterback that we liked talking about, and most importantly, rostering throughout the entire season. I'll lead off. Um, I'm going with Taysom Hill. Uh, someone had to bring up Taysom Hill. I think he's perfect to be brought up here because he really was a a storyline of the fantasy football season as a whole, right? Drew Brees goes down. Of course. Before I forget, um, like where's the storm and Mormon respect in the nickname? uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. That, well, that was Don's nickname. I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) So, what, what, you think one. I'm going to pick him over that bitch, Miles Gaskin? Yeah, I guess you're right. Classic, like, I hate his guts. <laughs> Tom, you're right, though. Let's, let's, let's act like we didn't bring that up this year so we could no, use it for, no. for next year's <laughs> episode. When he's starting for the Saints. But uh, Drew Brees basically gets all of his ribs crushed, right? And it creates this unique scenario where depending on your league format or your league plat- platform host, uh, you know, if you were on ESPN, the first week that Taysom Hill was the starting quarterback in week eleven, yes. you could play him at tight end. This this is the, you know more than a, a rush dream. This is a dream on. This is like an inception dream on top of a dream on top of a dream. So we have a dynasty league on Flea Flicker. I was playing Tom, who had Taysom Hill that week. 
Tom was able to start him at tight end. No, I was able to start him at wide receiver on Flea Flicker. Wide receiver. Things got oh. wild that, that, that period of fantasy football time. And right, it, and, it, and it set the it set the fantasy football world ablaze. Taysom Hill was was a was an active part of this season for that reason. And even if you we were just on Yahoo, and the only place you can play him was at quarterback from weeks eleven to fourteen, the only weeks that he was a starter, he was QB six. And the best part about Taysom Hill is that you knew exactly when to play him, and you knew exactly when to cut him. When Drew Brees was out, you started Taysom Hill, and he was QB6. When Drew Brees was back, you cut Taysom Hill, and you carried on with your life. Yep. As a streamer, as a Rutz QB enthusiast and strategist, this is the exact quarterback we need. Let's get four of these slotted in throughout the season. Yep. Let's get Taysom Hill starting for the Saints next year. I would yeah. love that. The only quarterback to beat Taysom Hill this season was Tom's Rutz QB of the year. And this guy... This was like, I don't know, I, this was Christmas for us. Yeah, I mean. Like, this was the equivalent had, of Christmas. It had Lamar Jackson vibes to it, you know, uh, where we're just yep. waiting for them to pull the trigger on it. And uh, that's Jalen Hurts. We were big supporters of his, just begging for him to get the chance. Um, you know, week 16, if you played him in the championship, it was a up and down battle, really, with those late yeah. interceptions. But still, because of his amazing rushing floor, and I'm talking amazing. Um, Legendary, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> he had 18 and a half points, which is fine. Week 14, 19 points, fine. But the real hero's journey for Jalen Hurts was week 15 versus Arizona when he dropped 37.8, threw for 338 yards, three touchdowns, and had a rushing touchdown. Oh, oh. It's just yep. chef. That was the dream. Right. And that's just a glimpse. I mean, you think about when Lamar Jackson got those real small opportunities at the end of uh, his rookie campaign. And then we go, all right, let's load it back out. Lamar Jackson. And, you know, it was a very contentious subject. Not, not, not a lot of people were on board. Um, I think we could see the same thing with Jalen hurts, even though he's not the same kind of player. I think he's, he's a little bit more like Josh Allen in the fact that, they're going to throw 40 times a game. so uh, Right, and he's going to look to try and like maybe not just take off and run immediately, maybe try to ex- escape out of the pocket and then throw. It's like kind of like Russell Wilson in that regard as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, we we really we taped our feet to the bike on Lamar oh, yeah. Jackson the, the year that he, uh, you know, people like Tom said, he was great, but people were still wary. I am so hoping that somehow Jalen Hurts is a starter somewhere in the NFL. I don't even yeah. care where. And that same thing happens because you don't if so, I will gladly take him. Um, a lot oh. of the moves that the Eagles have made have indicated that they plan to go with Wentz. Yeah. Like they hired the guy who was the offensive coordinator for the Colts who coached under Frank Reich, who Wentz really loved when he was there. And so I think they're trying to mend that fence rather than – pursue the actual good quarterback on their roster well, so which is a whole other thing for a whole other podcast exactly exactly and what happens when he sucks and jalen hurts hates you at the same time stay tuned and when philadelphia allows fans to be in the stadium to boo wentz in person <laughs> like how long does that actually last anyway uh my choice is more of a sentimental one and we'd play the bagpipes but scott swore an oath that he would never play the bagpipes for Philip Rivers. Um, I'm doing it. 
Why? Just be down for waiting is very hard. Yeah. Oh, Phil, we love you so much. You gave us so much joy in fantasy football. Just one of the one of the coolest players I've had the privilege of watching play quarterback. Amy, I mean, he was up and down. I appreciate you picking him for this. And I'm not going to win because Taysom Hill and Jalen Hurts are better choices for us. But Philip Rivers is and always will be a Rutz quarterback. He's an all time. To not have him on this award would be a sham. The QB strategy began with Philip Rivers. Yes. It began with taking Philip Rivers. Who cares about Aaron Rodgers? In the 13th round. Who cares about Josh Allen? Who cares about Drew Brees? Give me Phil Rivers yep. in the 13th round. And even back then, it was like, who cares about Tony Romo? Yeah. You know, who cares yeah. about all these guys? Oh. Give, me, give me Rivers in the 13th round. You know and what, though? Just... I think this should be when we dole it out, should be the Rutz Boy QB of the year. It kind of shows. Because yeah. uh, otherwise, people are going to be like, QB of the year is between Taysom Hill, Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, the three best quarterbacks in the league. The three best friends that anybody can have. All righty. Thank you, Phil. We will miss you. Yes. And uh, as Scott mentioned last week, we hope to see you on television calling games. Yeah, let's Or get even him. in the studio. Let's get him in the booth. Somewhere. You can give next the, up. You can give the bleep guy the day off when Phil's in the booth. Exactly. All righty. Next up, the CJ Anderson Award for the best desperation stream of the year. Despacito. Oh man, what song's an award. old now, man. Beebs, man after my own heart. Another man after my own yeah. heart. Robert Tanyan, week four. Bobby, that's a great pick, Tom. Yeah, I, I, I tried to figure out a good pick. You know, I wanted to maybe do like Jalen Hurts, but week sixteen he didn't go that crazy, and so right uh, week sixteen as will be uh, broadcast by you guys. You know. It it swings heavy in this in this award show, but um, I'm going week four. Robert Tunyon versus Atlanta. I know I already said it, but you felt like you could play him just because it was versus Atlanta, and he goes out there and scores a, a point total that keeps him in the top five of tight ends all the whole year. And in some formats, <laughs> top, top three, three all year. Uh, I mean, he had some other good games, and he was fine by tight end standards. He was great by tight end standards because he did score his touchdowns. But in no game did he do such a thing as he did versus Atlanta, where he went six for 98 with three touchdowns. Unbelievable. I think this is my favorite for random 30-burger of the year as well, <laughs> which will be an award going into next season. Yeah, that, that is a great And one. he would have won. I was uh, I was in a league where we pay for the highest scoring points every week, and I had it in the bag, right? <laughs> in the bag, the guy had the the, guy, the only guys the guy had left, Robert Tunyon and Aaron Rodgers, and he ends up beating me by like four points. I was up like seventy five, you know, something just so insane, and uh, I will never forget yeah. that performance for that reason. Robert alone. Tunyon, obviously, uh, another huge reason that he went so nuts. That was week four. Devontae Adams didn't play, and I believe Alan Lazard didn't play either. Yeah, I think you're right. So Robert Tunyon was the only guy that Rodgers trusted that game, 
and it showed on it, though. to the tune of three touchdowns. Yeah, what and, an amazing, amazing performance. And those details and also just playing Atlanta is the reason that someone legit out there, you know, they did stream him. Yeah, absolutely. I believe he had scored the week before to kind of get you, get himself on the radar. And you're like, I don't know if I could trust this guy, but he's playing Atlanta. Yeah. 30 burger. Now, boom, every week starter. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Mine pick is uh, a quarterback. It's Andy Dalton. Now we love streaming quarterbacks, and this is why this is why we do it because Andy Dalton in Week 16 was QB four. He threw for Amazing. almost 400 yards against the Eagles. He threw for three touchdowns against said Eagles. He absolutely torched them. He was outside of the top 15 quarterbacks. If you started Andy Dalton in Week 16, you were truly undoubtedly desperate oh, yeah. for quarterback production <laughs> and he gave it to you yeah i'm going to lose this award scott it's time yeah it's unfortunate that we already renamed this award because uh <laughs> <laughs> it easily could go down as the my name of jeff, Wilson my name, jeff award this is a beckoning to the fantasy gods that was answered we don't get all the calls answered but on a saturday night jeff wilson took the nfl by storm and the best part, you know, like he's he's the 49ers running back, right? So you're like, okay, great. He's a starter. Maybe he'll get 12 carries. No, no, no. He got a full bell cow workload in week 16. 22 carries, buck 83 on the ground. Snags a 21-yard touchdown catch as well. And obviously, this guy was out on the waiver. And if he wasn't, he was just buried on your bench, maybe from the week before, maybe from two weeks before. And you weren't thinking about playing him. But like news started to come out like this guy wasn't playing. And maybe like most in other places, like like for me, obviously, James Robinson wasn't playing. Right. So I'm like, holy shit. I think I, Zeke was up in the air that week. too, right? right. You know, and I got both of those guys on, on one team in particular. Right. And I'm like, holy shit. I really have to play Jeff Wilson. Right. So I was truly desperate. But the one silver lining, right, was the three touchdown 30 burger he has against the Patriots earlier in the season. So you're like, this is desperate, but there's a chance. And he cashes for 26.9 half PPR, finished the week as RB5. Jeff Wilson was also in the running for random 30 burger of the year <laughs> for the sheer fact that it wasn't in week 16 when he 30 burgered. Because everybody's going to think back on the season. If we say, hey, Jeff Wilson 2020, you're going to be like, oh, he went nuts week, week 16, 16 and won me a championship. No, no, no. He went nuts against the Patriots and 30 burgered. I love this guy. And now any chance that he has to get touches, I will be adding and starting yep. immediately. He every every he chance he gets, he, 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 plays, does, he, he does work. Yeah. Uh, I think that, yeah, that's everybody for this one. Okay, we move on. Scotty, let's go to the draft value of the year. This is a good drop, too. Oh, it's the best. Wow! That's a low price! Remember Staples ads from the early 2010s? Wow! Because we sure do. <laughs> um, this is the first of two awards that I am, I am nominating Justin Jefferson for. Ooh. Uh, Justin Jefferson, double-digit round guy. Wide receiver seven. Wow. I mean, that's all you got to say to me. Adam yeah. Thielen did it as a Viking. Stephon Diggs did it as a Viking. Justin Jefferson joins did the you, long Did you line. happen to take a look at his ADP on Fantasy Pros consensus? I can right now. I would be like. interested to see w what it actually was. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I'm resting my case because I do have more things that I need to say about him so that he can win a different award. I, so whoever we have to go next, yeah, feel free. I know. I just would. I would be interested to see his AGP because yeah. I, I think it might have even been within like the hundreds, and if it wasn't, it wasn't. It was kind of close to that. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I'm going with David Montgomery. If uh, if you told David Montgomery owners in week eight that he would be a draft value of the year candidate, they would have been like, you are absolutely insane, right? Uh, in fact, he missed week 10 with a concussion, and he was all the way down to RB20. But they change play callers. They go back to Mitch. They finally start giving him the right touches, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, probably all three. It changed the trajectory of his season. And he finished the year. I said it last week. I'm going to go through the numbers again because I needed to build my case this week for draft value. <laughs> week 12, 22.8. Week 13, 25.1. Week 14, 23 on the dot. Week 15, 28.7. Week 16, 19.1. And just for fun, 23.7 in week 17. Now you take all those numbers in, and obviously he started badly, but you take a step back and you realize that he was consensus ADP overall player 66 and running back 27 according to Fantasy Pro's consensus ADP data. You realize that he was just a monster, absolute monster value for you. He finishes as RB six again for the record. Uh, you know, and you know the reason why he went so late actually is because he had a groin injury in in preseason that people thought he wasn't going to play right away. So he drops a little further. Yep. You know, but what's that, what ends up happening is he gives you fourteen out of fifteen games. He scores double digits in half of the in half the games. I think it was eight for fifteen. And he exploded down the stretch when he needed him most. He saved his own season. He saved his own, you know, view of teams in the NFL, how they view him. And I think he was the draft value of the year in the process. It took an embarrassing long time, an embarrassingly long time for me to find this, but I'm I'm there. Justin Jefferson was drafted as wide receiver 50, overall player 120. Yeah, so that's just that's Do amazing. Yeah, solid, Don, and let me know how uh, Antonio Gibson's ADP lines up. Um, I got it right now, Tom. Just bear with me a moment. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna it's gonna have to be pretty devastating to beat David Montgomery because Antonio Gibson did not finish as running back seven. Yeah, exactly. He, he could have. Yeah, he, he very easily could have if he was able to stay healthy. I got to show Don how to look up ADP a little easier on <laughs> Fantasy Pros. I'm really putting together a masterclass <laughs> of making this I would difficult. just be zipping through this, and I I, I want to explain it to him, but like it would be weird for me to explain to him how to use a website on a podcast. <laughs> anyway, I tell people how to operate a website for my job, and I'm just yeah, like but, lost. Yeah, but you ain't paying me to tell you how to do it. Antonio Gibson overall ADP 129, running back 43. Damn. That's a Yeesh. low price. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, Tom. That's no. a low price for a guy who honestly might have running back one potential. I'll save the uh, I'll save the stats, and we'll, I'll let us move on because uh, I've done Oh, yeah. because you basically – You got him double dipping yeah. here too. Uh, for that, our last award before we get to the big two, we got playoff hero of the year. Not the same drop. Don't worry. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? So this is, <laughs> and we do this to ourselves every year. This is somebody who performed well and improved their fantasy standing in the playoffs. Not the fantasy playoffs. The real NFL playoffs. The actual NFL playoffs. And then we all pick someone from the fantasy playoffs and Every then change year. it. Yep. Um, 
Mine, I'm going with with the the playoff nicknamed guy, playoff Lenny. Uh, he's always had the ability to be great. Obviously, everyone on this podcast, especially me and Tom, have always hyped him and always stood by him, and I always will. Uh, at the beginning of the playoffs, it was a lot of volume based. You know, Ronald Jones wasn't in, and he was just doing a good job with the work that he got. And even me and you were talking about it. Like he he doesn't have that. It didn't seem like he had that big burst play that Ronald Jones hits all the time, right? And then maybe one quarter later, he hits that twenty five yard run against, the, against the Packers. Against the Packers. Oh my god! And you're like, wow, okay, all right. Big Len still got the juice, and I think that teams are seeing that. So I don't know if he's going to be the starter for the Bucks next year, but I think he's going to be a starter somewhere next year because yeah. of what he did in the playoffs. The- the Bucks are going to have to pay a lot of people. We talked about Gronk's on a one-year deal. AB's on a one-year deal. Godwin's becoming a free agent. Fournette's on a, Fournette's one-year, deal. On a one-year deal. Shady McCoy on a one-year deal. Not sure who they're going to pay, although you can pretty much guarantee that they're not going to pay Shady. Yep. But a very interesting, uh, very interesting going forward. Because if Leonard Fournette's out there, I think he's going to be able to be one of those cheaper guys. He's not going to demand the money of like... I've, Who's the free Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones, yeah, that's really the only one that's probably going to demand too much. Carson is probably going to get a, a nice chunk of change. Yep. as well. That thought into your pick if you think Aaron Jones. Oh, I am. Flee the- oh, that was the plan all along, my friend. I don't know. Uh, AJ Carson had to really back in. That's fair. <laughs> as as it so typically needs to happen with me. All right, AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones played his way out of Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. I think that's. Quite obvious. I was always saying that there was no way he was going to be back. Listen, they have two guys. Jamal Williams, also a free agent, but AJ Dillon's the young rookie. He started to look really good. He almost, yeah. in Cold world. And guess what? He's gone. (laughs) I mean, he fumbled twice. The the second one was a real backbreaker that kind of blew the game open and really shifted the way the Packers were able to play. And that's not good. Like, that's not a good lasting memory to leave. Not a good look. Yeah. You wasted the second. MVP season of Aaron Rodgers' career. And, you know, it's 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 not something that the Packers are going to look back I mean, on. And did be like, Aaron Jones waste it, really? <laughs> no, I think it was more Packers management than there anything. Is. But there obviously. are the people that have to make the decision on Jones, too. But Aaron Jones shrinks in a big spot. Yeah. Did not look great in the playoffs last year. A.J. Dillon, however, when they when they got him the ball in that Bucks game, he made some things happen, and we know what he was able to do against the Titans in Week 16. Really came into his own kind of became that pro NFL player that everybody looks for at the running back position towards the end of the season. And I think that A.J. Dillon showed enough that he could be the Packers guy. And if Rodgers is coming back, and I mean, he's coming back, like just because he said something in the press conference because he was sad that they lost doesn't mean that he's not re-signing. If he's back I mean, and he's A.J. Signed. Dillon's a starting running back, the sky, we know the ceiling. It's what Aaron Jones did last year. So... Other running backs have stepped in and done it too. Eddie yeah. Lacy had his RB five overall season right. too. Yeah, Eddie Lacy was number twenty pounds one, overweight. By the way, he yeah, was. I think you're right. He was he had an RB one on Thick Boy Lacy, the original. Yeah, the, the original Thick Boy. <laughs> Him and Brandon Jacobs. Speaking of sauce, Tom. My playoff hero is uh, he's not. Yeah, he's got sauce, but he's chalk, and that's ter- uh, Travis Kelsey. I mean, it it's a it's a joke of a pick almost, but seriously, what is the ceiling? He's unbelievable. It doesn't exist, right? In the last game, he was he was on pace to have like forty targets in the first quarter, and it really yeah. didn't slow down that much. 
despite the fact the game was a blowout and the Bills only scored in garbage time and from the two-yard line. So Travis Kelsey is unstoppable. Um, I think he's a first-round pick with a bullet. Um, and I Me think too. that you know that wasn't actually the case going into the year. And so he actually has improved his position. The playoffs, he always comes to play. And uh, mm-hmm. I think you know it's worth bringing up when a tight end moves the needle that much. The touchdowns keep coming for him. Yeah. And in the past, my only knock against him was, yeah, but he never really gets 10 touchdowns. Well, including the playoffs, he's got like 15 this year. So yeah. I agree with you, Tom. I think he's he's a lock. I think he's a top 10 pick. Little peek behind the curtain. Uh, today's We were obviously talking about this before. It was with the whole AMC GameStop stock issues. Somebody was, one of my friends was asking me, like, how much do you think I should put into AMC? And I was like, whatever you're about to bet on, whatever you're about to put in AMC, bet on it for Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Like, that is a better use of your money. He's one of my favorite long shot picks at Super Bowl MVP, by the way. That's cool. He could win it. He's one of the only non quarterbacks who could. If he wins it, the quarterback will win it because he will have succeeded through the quarterback. It's just. Exactly. Yep. And that's the game we play. All right. We made a lot of cases for all three guys that were nominated for Fantasy Rookie of the Year already. Let's see if we've got anything more else to say about these guys. Scott? Yeah, I feel I feel a little bad about uh, not playing my boy James Robinson, but I don't like to double dip. You know, I like to invite as many players to the red carpet as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Herbert was going to get nominated for another award, but that's okay. Maybe we could send him home with two. He could stand at the, take his pictures with, with an award in each hand. Billy Eilish. Yeah. Robinson, it's fine. What? If you'd rather pivot to James Robinson, that's fine. No, no, it's fine. I'm good with, with Justin Herbert. Uh, a lot of the reasons though, are, are like Tom said, like he showed his rushing capability. He actually finished with 234 rushing yards, which we were talking about a couple episodes ago, 250 kind of being that benchmark that you need to have from a quarterback. So he was right there, but it really was the five rushing touchdowns that set it mm-hmm. apart. I didn't even notice he had five rushing touchdowns. He finishes this season with 36 total touchdowns. That's a huge number for someone who was spotted a game. It's the record. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's the rookie record. But but even just looking at him not as a rookie, he was QB 8 on a point-per-game basis of the quarterbacks who played at least five games. He only had one start that went sub-15 points, which is crazy. And nine of his 14 games from weeks 1 to 16 went for 20-plus. So he was just absolutely unbelievable and that's why i'm not going to pivot from him because justin herbert presented a value much like james robinson did where you got to look at him probably for a week and week two and say okay this guy's the real deal now i can drop him from you know one of my bench scrubs and add a top 10 quarterback to hopefully my already stacked team that was just missing a quarterback to yeah. plug in if you drafted like we like to draft. So that's why I think Justin Herbert's rookie of the year. One of the coolest things or one of the things that I'm looking most forward to about Justin Herbert next year is hopefully he gets to play two meaningful games against the Chiefs because they played week 17 where the Chiefs had already locked up the number one seed in the AFC. And so he didn't get to see wild him. in that game. Yeah, too. of course. And so you want to see him play against Mahomes twice a year. Yeah. And hopefully we get that next year. Uh, I'm going to go with my guy. Jay Jetta too, Justin Jefferson. Listen, I like my rookie receivers to break Randy Moss's records. 
And that's exactly what Justin Jefferson did. Broke the Vikings rookie receiving record. Broke the rookie receiving record for catches. I mean, I watched this dude's highlight tape to prep for this episode. There's nothing on the field that this guy can't do. No. He is A.J. Green. He is Julio Jones. He's whatever wide receiver you think of when you think of an elite young wide receiver entering this league and taking it by storm. Yes, he'll have to deal with Adam Thielen, but like I said, there is nothing on the field that Adam Thielen can do that Justin Jefferson can't. And he's going into his second year on the offense world. He'll hopefully actually get a training camp. He's already got the rapport with Kirk Cousins. I mean, this kid's ceiling is non-existent. How he could be early, the wide receiver one. How about early in the season when they weren't even playing him? Yeah. Like they were playing BC Johnson over him for like the first couple weeks. And a fireable offense. They finally give him a chance, and he's hitting the gritty from the 10-yard line. Yeah. I will never forget that. First career touchdown. He's dancing at like the 10-yard line. You're doing stuff like that, you're, you're going to have a big career. You're going yeah. to make some splash plays. Like yeah. I said, he never really. If, if you're up. breaking Randy Moss's records, you're on my team. Yeah, no. I will have him everywhere next year. I think he'll be pricey. Uh, I think Antonio Gibson will be pricey. He's pretty. I'm minimal. willing to pay. It's pretty much uh, decided and spoiled that he is also my fantasy rookie of the year. Um, it was just fun to have him. As much fun as it was to have Justin Jefferson. I don't know if I can win the stats battle here, but Antonio Gibson was just pure fantasy football fun. You got to, you know really throw your card down on the table when you drafted him. You probably, if you're like me, got to pull the trigger a little early and stamped your claim. And, you know, it felt good to have that pay off. And it felt good, especially on Thanksgiving when this guy warmed up the holiday oh. with three touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Monster performance. So Antonio Gibson, you know, if, if apart from that turf toe, uh, I think that's the only thing that's going to keep his ADP down because he still should be considered and should garner some votes for Fantasy Rookie of the Year for what he did for you from the running back position, no less. Definitely. He is extremely good at football. Definitely. He was a guy in one of my leagues, I made, like Tom said, like I made my throw my cards down on the table, this is the guy, trade for him. And of course he ended up with turf toe, but I don't regret that at all because if he plays, I feel like he's my ticket to a championship. And I'm sure that's how a lot of people felt about him. Yeah. He had a phenomenal rookie year. Obviously going to go go into the next season as the guy uh, at running back for Washington, and that's going to mean a lot. Yeah, I have him in uh, a keeper league, so I'm really And what? Is he really going to have to – what, do you think it, J.D. McKissick's actually going to pose a threat to him next year? Well, Come on. like he scored 13 touchdowns or yeah. however many it was with J.D. McKissick there. Yeah. So, no, I don't think he'll be a problem at all. Not. And, you know, obviously if McKissick has any, any issue, injury issues or even efficiency issues – Gibson can handle the pass oh, the yeah. pass game as well. All righty. We move on to the final award. The most prestigious of all the awards, the fantasy football most valuable player. Okay. Would anyone like to go first? Taken from NBA 2K. Yes. I'll go first. <laughs> all right. All right. That's, uh, that's Josh Allen. And I'm going to use a 17-week season here. QB1. All right? Tall. Average draft position for this guy, not high. I'm talking 9, 10, those rounds, and sometimes later. In many, many cases later. Um, Josh Allen was a guy that if you waited for the fall and you stacked up your lineup, you got this guy. You probably went out there and not just contested for a championship – 
and probably won one. He got 18 points in week 14. So let's hope you got the bye. But let's just let's just look at this 15-16 run that he gave you. 37.66 in week 15 and 32.30 in week 16. He 30 burgered for you in two of the three playoff games if you had a bye 100% of the games. And though no, those were not his only 30 burgers on the year. And nope. they were a plenty. This guy is matchup proof. He had no games under 10 points. His worst game was 12.46, which I brought up because I was a little nervous about playing him week 16, which was in an imbecile of me. And Scott reminded <laughs> me that Zach Moss just had two weird fluky touchdowns that game. So you subtract those Zach Moss rushes. This is when they played New England, right? Yeah. This guy, if you strike that game from the record and only spot him two and a half points, never went below 15 points. Man, what a year for Josh Allen. Yeah, it really was an amazing season. Um, and I think I'll piggyback right off that because my fantasy MVP is his wide receiver one. It's Stefan Diggs. And I think a lot of the reason why these two guys are MVP caliber guys, especially for me and Tom, is because of the value at which they were drafted. Um, Stefan Diggs was consensus ADP based off fantasy pros. Once again, player 62, he was wide receiver 27, which, which you look back at that. Now you're like, how, how is that even possible? How does that even make sense? It should have been so obvious, but even his biggest stance, which I now am obviously couldn't have predicted what he did. He had 27 more catches than any season he's had in his career. He had 405 more yards than any season he's had in his career. And he tacked on another eight touchdowns to finish with a line of 127 catches, 1,535 yards, and eight touchdowns. He was consistent. He only had two single-digit performances in half PPR, to, but he also had five 20-plus efforts Culminated Monday night, <laughs> week 16. For a championship, he goes nine for 145 and three touchdowns. So when you bake in where you drafted this guy, how consistently awesome he was, how healthy he was, and how he finished the year, not just in week 16, but especially in week 16, I think he is the MVP of this fantasy football season. Diggs was, um, what was he, wide receiver three? He finished as wide receiver three. Yeah, my guy would have finished as wide receiver three. But you could play him as tight end. <laughs> Travis Which Kelsey. had to draft him with a top 15 pick. And he certainly paid off. Let's talk about some other guys who were drafted around Travis Kelsey in the top 15. How did Lamar Jackson do? How did Michael Thomas do? Even if you want to go to the all the way to the front of the draft, how did Christian McCaffrey do? How did Saquon Barkley do? Travis Kelsey's a better all better than Kamara all those guys. Mary was great. <laughs> Eric Henry, great. Dalvin Cook, great. But listen, the guys around him, not so great. Julio Jones was drafted around Kelsey. We get to what's the next point, all right? <laughs> My, I'm, I just made it. We talk about Travis Kelsey. You're drafting him as a wide as your wide receiver one. This year, it was almost like you drafted him as the wide receiver one, and you played him at tight end the entire season. He was an absolute advantage every single week. The dude set his career high for touchdowns, broke George Kittle's yardage record, another year of 100 catches. This dude is cementing himself as the fantasy goat at the tight end position. Absolutely. Well, I say he's the goat tight end. Never. 
He had 11 touchdowns in six games over 100 yards. <laughs> At a tight end. Absolutely unreal. He finished with... I two- wanted to put Justin Jefferson in here, and Travis Kelsey wouldn't let me do it. He finished with 260 fantasy points through 16 weeks. So if you want to, like like Don said, he was RB3 uh, or whatever. Or, I'm sorry, he was wide receiver 3. Yeah. How about he was RB4? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yep. So Travis Kelsey wasn't just an, an advantage at wide receiver this year. He was literally just line up all the flex available players on your team. He was the number one option you had at mm-hmm. that spot. And it really did tilt the matchups that you had him if you hit on those other spots, right? So yeah. if you if you hit on a decent running back in your first in, in your first round, you took Travis Kelsey in the second, and then you just like moderately hit on your running backs and wide receivers, you were a playoff lock. Imagine you went Devontae Adams and Kelsey. Almost. Then in the third and fourth rounds, you went Chris Carson and Antonio Gibson. And in the fifth round, you took Diggs. Right. Like that's how like we could do this and we could go like what was the best pick and then let's make a team. Yeah. But you know, we don't really have to. One one interesting stat to round out an old thing I brought up and to maybe even put a bow on it is we looked at the the ever so illustrious 2011 Rob Gronkowski season. Um, in full yep. point PPR, he had 331 points, which is absolutely a lot unreal, by the way. And people think of that season in like you know hanging in the rafters. Travis Kelsey, yes, three hundred and twelve point seven six this year, so just shy. I mean, full PPR, and, and he didn't play a game, and that's fifteen games. Oh no, yeah, that's right. True. That's fifteen games. Uh, let me just check what Gronk played for posterity here. Gronk, yeah, Gronk's 16. never really a a, a sixteen game guy either. Really, yeah. yeah. So he had eighteen touchdowns. So you think so, Travis Kelsey gets another twenty spot full PPR? Well, the funny thing is, yeah, probably. It has to be full PPR, though, because Travis Kelsey's reception total is just unreal. Even though yeah. Gronk got the absolute peppering that year as well. You have to, to put up numbers yeah. like that. Well, of course. And hopefully Travis Kelsey will do it again next year. Hopefully Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs uh, continue their MVP-esque connection yeah. that they had in their first year together. Please, Can't wait uh, for another season of fantasy football. What we are not year. done this season. Don't you dare forget it. We have our last episode coming out either Monday or Tuesday next week. Uh, We'll decide when we drop it, and then we'll drop it. Uh, It's the Super Bowl prop bet pool. So you'll see our Google form going out. Uh, We cannot wait to share it with you. If you guys want, I will give you an opportunity. I will leak one question for the fans to think about. It's up to you. Go ahead. If you want, go ahead. (laughs) Chris Paul assists. Could tell he wanted to so bad. So, so what bad. are we gonna say? No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Shut up. Then I'd have been like, "Fuck it, I'm doing it anyway." Uh, Chris Paul assists against, I think it's Minnesota versus Travis Kelsey catches in the Super Bowl. Oh, Kelsey catches. Kelsey. Come on now. We'll see. We'll see. All that. Chris and Paul more. gonna have to be on his game. The illustrious over under. The illustrious who will lead the team in rushing yards, and of course the fan favorite and mine. The movie trailer question. All of that. We're going to preview it all next week. Movie trailer. Always hotly contested. Always. (laughs) Always controversial. After kickoff. After. I'll have to say it in like eight different languages next week. (laughs) So I'm going to go get my Rosetta Stone membership set up. In the meantime, have a great week, everybody. Enjoy that Pro Bowl thing if you give a shit about it, which we obviously did not. 
Uh, let us know what you think about the awards on Twitter and Instagram at RutsFF, and we will see you next week. For Tom and Scott, I'm Don. Keep scoring.